Welcome to the EXO Podcast. I'm your host, Brent Evans, President of Marriage Today. With me today is Sean Reed. What's going on, Brent? Co-founder of Not Just Roommates with his wife, Lynette. Mm-hmm. And I'm fired up about today. This is going to be awesome. And what are we talking about today? We're going to talk about sex. <laughs> Well, that means you've been searching for sex all week. (laughs) Well, I've got to bring some news articles today, so I've just been doing a little light research Uh in a a good way. Yeah, we got a notification from uh, our (laughs) IT guy. (laughs) You were flagged. Great. (laughs) No, sex and marriage is what I'm searching. Well, we actually just got back from our EXO conference in Oklahoma City, and Charlotte did a session there on sex. Yeah, man, we were talking about how to achieve sexual intimacy. Yes. Right? Closeness sexually. And so uh, we're going to get into all kinds of stuff today. I think this podcast is going to be interesting. We're going to talk about chore play. All right. Well, we're talking about sex today on the podcast. We've got a lot of information for you that's going to be helpful. We have an interview coming up uh, with Dave and Ashley Willis. It's also got some great stuff about sex. We, we know at Marriage Today that a lot of people and couples struggle with this topic. It's, it's something that when you start off in a relationship, oftentimes it's good. And then you go through hard times and you find that there's some bumps in the road. So we know that there's some opportunities here for you to learn some things. We want to make it practical and something easy for you to apply. We have a great show coming up. But first, we're going to talk about date night. We have a policy here at Marriage Today. Not an official policy. I don't know if we have it <laughs> like on the door somewhere. Mm-hmm. But we do believe in date nights. We believe that every couple should be in the habit of having a date night. And we have partnered with... Datebox. This is a company that sends you, it's a subscription service, a date box every month. It comes to you. You don't have to continually reorder it. It just comes to you every month in the mail. It makes date night easy. So this last date box that I saw <laughs> had some massage oil in it. And Ooh. a do not disturb sign. And a do not disturb sign. Oh my. And that was very unique. So they do a different theme every month. This one was obviously a little bit more hands-on. And you <laughs> do something very fun with your spouse. <laughs> but they do everything from cooking to uh, other activities that you can do with your spouse. Every month is different. So go to getdatebox.com. Use the promo code EXOPODCAST. And you get your first month free. All you have to do is pay $5 for shipping. Go to getdatebox.com and check them out. Now, from God's perspective, what is great sex? Like, is it all about the position, right? Like, are some positions more holy than others? Like, does does God look at one position in the bedroom and it's frowned upon? Or or does he smile at other positions, you know, and and say, now, there's my baby. That's holy, right? (laughs) I mean, is it about the frequency of sex? If we do it more often or if we do it less, would it be better? Honestly, I really don't believe that the physical position in the bedroom is God's focus at all. I do believe, however, that God is very interested in the position of your heart. Right. Since we are more than physical beings, um, we're, we're heart, we're soul, mind, body, spirit, all of that. I believe that the best sex that you can have is when your heart and your mind and your body are all together functioning on the focus of the heart of the other person. It's when you get to a place to where in the position of sex, it is, yes, physical, and it should be pleasurable, but the pursuit within the bedroom, the, pers- the pursuit of your passion is not necessarily just what you can get from the other person's body, but it's the pursuit of the person within the body. We are talking about sex today. 
fun subject. We are. We've got one news sex article, but our first one today actually isn't about sex, but it's really interesting. A discovery was made by a group that did a study of over 2 million marriages over the course of 10 years. So this was a widespread study. They looked at a lot of marriages, and they found that parents with teen daughters are over 10% more likely to get divorced. And this is home for me because I'm one of three girls. My parents raised three teenage daughters. I have two baby girls that will eventually be teenagers. And the thought that just the fact that they're teenage girls could put me at more risk of getting divorced is pretty crazy. But this group found that parents of teenage daughters disagreed more about the way they're raising their children and that they had worse family relationships and that particularly the daughter and father relationships are different. But the craziest thing to me about this article is that this statistic goes away entirely if the husband had a sister. Mm. So if you are a man and you have teenage daughters and you had a sister, you're not more likely to get divorced. But if you had no sister, you're 10% more likely to get divorced. Is that not so weird? It's just like guys don't know how to relate uh, to girls unless they've had some prior experience. Yeah, maybe. Did your dad have a sister? Yeah, he had two sisters. Okay, that helps. Cole had three sisters. Cole's my husband. He had three sisters. But it's just shocking to me. I don't know if it has something to do with like really just not understanding girls, and then that puts strain on your marriage. But you need to watch out. If you've got teenage daughters, you're at a higher risk. But 10% is a lot higher risk. Well, I think a guy could probably be stronger with the, with his boys. Like if he didn't have a sister, let's say, he's just a, a guy that just deals with things in a guy's perspective, mm-hmm. uh, not knowing how to really deal with a a girl, like a teenage girl, especially when they're going through all their emotional times and it's becoming very hormonal times. Yes, not not understanding that dynamic and just kind of having this, you know, military type of man thing where you're just trying to get people to fall in line and get get the job done. No, I mm-hmm. had three sisters. I didn't think about that part, hmm. um, but I did have three sisters. At one point, I was living with my mom and my three sisters, and my brothers were all out, what? and so I was girl trapped. And so, and so, I also had my son first, and now I have two girls, and both of them are teenagers. Uh-huh. So I kind of can relate a little bit to the the huge, you know, difference between raising my son as opposed to my girls. They're all close in age, mm-hmm. so I I'm still right there in the thick of okay, you're teens, and I know what I'm dealing with, so I can speak like firsthand to say um, there is a huge difference between raising boys and girls. Right. All good. Love them all. Um, I don't prefer my boy over my girls, you know what I mean? But I do have a different kind of relationship with all of them, uniquely so. Well, do you feel like you've had more conflict with Lynette over issues with the girls than you have with the boy? I feel like we've had more difficulty with the girls <laughs> than the boy. <laughs> I can take the boy and play basketball, right? Uh-huh. And we can spend time together differently, whereas with my girls, there's a lot that's going on. There's a mm-hmm. lot of emotions going on. Yeah. Even though my son is the most emotional in the house. That's shocking. He's the most emotional in the house. Um, but my girls, it's just a different thing. So here's something. It was a piece of marriage advice that was given to us. We applied it. I think it works. Um, there was an older couple. They have been married for like over 50 years. They gave us some wisdom. They had six girls. Wow. And they made it. And what, what they encouraged us to do is once our girls became teenagers, that my wife should step back a little bit and let me take the lead with raising our girls wow. as as teenagers. Mm-hmm. And that put this burden on me to learn to communicate with my girls better, mm-hmm. to take them out on daddy-daughter dates, spend quality time with them, and help them navigate through the difficulties that they were going through in life. Mm-hmm. And it also prevented my wife and I kind of getting into little spats about how strong I should have been with them, yeah. how, how more 
sensitive I need to be at a certain moment. Mm -hmm. And so we're kind of working on that dynamic and it actually helped us out tremendously. It's good advice. Mm -hmm. I mean, you, it's kind of cliche to say somebody has daddy issues, a girl who's maybe gone off the tracks or is not living life in the right way, but it's really true. I mean, the father relationship is really important. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. My girls needed me to be different for them once they got older. Yeah. And, um, I needed to lead them, protect them, and at the same time, give them a sense of strength Mm -hmm. and support. And so um, in in listener land, I would encourage Mm -hmm. you, uh, if you're kind of at that place, I wouldn't be afraid. Mm -hmm. I would be aware of the fact that there's a higher probability of divorce, but we believe in 100% success, right? If we do it God's way. I do believe that a father has to to lead mm-hmm. when it comes to especially with girls they have to lead yeah. when it comes to parenting that's just my opinion yeah my dad always talks about how uh, whenever a girl becomes a teenager she sees her mother as another woman they mm-hmm. don't see her as the mother anymore so you're talking about a, a mom trying to tell her daughter what to do and how to dress and kind of how to act mm-hmm. it becomes a cat fight and uh, so a father has to step up and do the do the you know all of the leading and uh, putting the, the foot down when it needs to be put down but yeah. also being sensitive yeah. um, and it's it's important I didn't realize the divorce statistics were so high though it's really it's crazy really interesting and that if you have a sister you're off the hook I just thought that was fascinating mm-hmm. now we're going to talk about sex mm. yes. just what you wanted let's dive into a topic about health and how it can be improved through sex okay this article comes from thespruce.com and they're making some claims <laughs> I just had a thought when you first said that <laughs> what? we need to do more reps <laughs> You, know, you go to the gym and you get healthier when you're lifting weights and all the rest of that. So I get healthier by having sex. Uh-huh. Mm. Oh, yeah. It makes you healthier. They're saying you need to do it more often because it can cure your headaches, that there's emotional and physical benefits to it. Somebody told me it was the equivalent of running five miles. I don't know about that. Five miles? You burn as many calories during the <laughs> as you do I don't know what kind of sex miles. you're having to, to yeah. five miles worth of calories <laughs> oh my gosh okay but they had some pretty interesting information so even just on the emotional level some of the benefits of having sex frequently would be that it boosts your self esteem makes you feel younger um, it keeps you connected emotionally reduces your risk of illness so it's literally like getting a flu vaccine having sex more often um offers pain relief improves your posture which i thought was interesting um healthier teeth the key to a better smile is more frequent sex who knew but some of the <laughs> don't go there. God. But that's some of the physical. That's some of the physical benefits, and some of the other I'm so physical. Trying benefits. to understand how the hygiene goes to the teeth. <laughs> I, don't I don't know if it's because maybe you brush more often because you want to have fresh breath. Okay, sure. I don't know. I hope that's why. Less frequent colds and flus. I mean, there's a lot of benefits. You can say an apple a day keeps the doctor away, but or, maybe it's not just an apple. Well. Well, <laughs> maybe it's more than an apple. This is fantastic. I'm trying to say the right thing. I don't want to. I don't want to offend anybody in the extra podcast listener base. Okay. The, the moral of the story ever. is that science is behind having sex more frequently, and that it can make you healthier. It's going to give you a better smile, and it's going to improve your life overall. Amen so. to that. I love it. Yeah, I love it. We will post the link on the show notes. But if you want to either have a, it's a big, it's a high risk, high reward. Just send the article to your spouse. <laughs> Just see what happens. You may get back a uh, a, uh, a fight, or you might have the best sex of your life after that for a long period Try of time. Try it for yourself and see if it improves the spirit. <laughs> yes. Okay, those are good. We have uh, a lot more to talk about here at the XO Podcast. We have uh, Ashley and Dave Willis with us today. Join us via Skype. That's coming up next.
men are visually stimulated. Amen. Most men. That's not to say all, but most of them How are. many men are visually stimulated in this room by show of hands? You see all these hands all over the room? All right. So what does that mean for us ladies? That means we got to show off. They love all it is. All of that. And so you have to be willing to show it off. So yes, Lord. I know we have those days when we're like cleaning <laughs> and we just want to wear like sweats and, you know, our hair may be pulled back. Some guys might like that. But then sometimes just clean the house in some shorts. Yeah. You know. Y'all know what Daisy Dukes are down here in Arizona? I didn't say Daisy Dukes. I just I said, said shorts. I'm trying to help my brother out. Would know what I was All my about. brothers who happy in this room, make some noise. Make some noise. Thank you, dude. All right. So, in other words, you got to stay chaseable. Yes. Welcome back to the EXO Podcast. You just heard from Sean Lynette Reed talking about sex and marriage today. Sean, Mr. Sean. Rollover sex, Reed. <laughs> I think that's the best nickname ever. You guys do a great job of talking about sex at our conferences. It was a really great session. But also, Dave and Ashley Willis are part of the podcast today. We're going to be talking with them about sex. They have a new book out called The Naked Truth About Sex and Marriage. It's just brand new. It's straight out of the, the presses. Dave and Ashley Willis, welcome to the podcast. Hey, guys. Great to be here. We're going to talk about a lot of things, but first and foremost... You guys have four boys, so you know about sex, correct? You know how to make babies. We do. We, we, do. Don't, we, don't, have, we don't know how to make, make girls. baby girls, but we do know how to make babies. So. Good. We all have a new book out called The Naked Truth About Sex and Marriage, and it's just coming out, so we, we want to talk about that. First and foremost, what is, your, um, what is your take on quickies? Is that something that is something y'all preach and practice? Well, I mean, in the in the two minutes before the podcast began, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But we're a fan, yeah, because you have to be in this season. That's right. So, yeah. Well, it's I thought I would make a, an awkward subject even more awkward right at the, right at the beginning. Yep. So, I specialize in awkward moments. It's one of my spiritual gifts. So, it's, well. it's about about whatever. But practically, I mean, I think ideally you need to have uninterrupted time to, to really just you know connect in, in all in all ways but sometimes in this busy season of life if you're you know raising kids there there's nothing wrong with saying hey we've got a narrow little window of time let's go yes. lock the door and make the most most of the time we have awesome absolutely i also loved in the introduction of the book you talked about how at thanksgiving you should go around the table when it comes to you what you're most thankful for you should tell your grandmother I am thankful for sex, that God made sex. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm going to try that this year. Half serious? I mean, really, even more than half serious. I think, it, especially in the church, it's been one of these things that we're scared to talk about. Yeah. Like, it's it's somehow dirty or God's not for it. And I think as Christians, we've got to just reclaim it and say, look, God created this. It's one of the best things he ever created. And the world has taken it and kind of, like, used it in the wrong kinds of ways. But we need to reclaim it and share what it's meant to be which is just something absolutely beautiful and something we should be thankful for and something that we should be able to do like we're doing right now which is to have open life-giving practical conversations about it mm. well i know at marriage today it's one of the main things that people struggle with um, i mean obviously it's fun everybody loves uh, loves marriage and sex when it's going well but so many things can go wrong with sex and in, in your sex life so talk about it. y'all y'all minister to couples all the time you talk to couples Talk about some of the most common issues that couples have 
with their sex life and how to overcome those? You know, usually we hear from people where there's not necessarily been like a huge catastrophic event, you know, and we certainly hear from people with, with those kind of problems, but it usually boils down to just, you know, one partner not really being into it anymore and kind of losing interest in sex because of being too tired or um, being too busy or just feeling like they're not attracted to their spouse anymore. It's, it's that kind of thing, like they've become tired of it. And, uh, and that's something where, you know, that seems pretty harmless, and I think we tell ourselves it's just for a season. But we've literally seen this almost ruin marriages and sometimes ruin marriages. And so it's so important that when we, when we find ourselves kind of in that, in that spot where we're just kind of bored with things and we're, you know, not wanting to have sex with our spouse, you know, that's a red flag, and we need to address it. We need to get to the root of the issue and, and be concerned about it and not kind of brush it off. That's so true. Yeah. you to be able to talk about these things and, a lot of times couples just stop communicating about it right and then they drift further and further apart so the course of your marriage have you have you guys encountered in your own sex life the valleys that that maybe y'all have had to kind of work through to get you know kind of get past I want to be very careful about the words I use. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to say dry, dry season of marriage, but uh, I don't really know how to say it, but is there, I mean, I know after you have babies or when you're pregnant or maybe like you're in a season where you're busy with the kids, uh, what are some things that you all practice in a very, you're in your bedroom right now, so I don't even want to. <laughs> our bedroom. Yeah. No, the bed's made. So. Totally. I mean, we've definitely had, you know, seasons where like I, I'll, I'll be real honest about this I talk about this in the book specifically but there's been seasons where I saw sex as kind of a chore on my list like another thing that I needed to do and it had really in my mind nothing to do with my attraction today but it was just that I felt like there was so much to do you know I was at the time when I was facing this I was probably nursing a baby and, and then I had everything in the house to do and then I had other things to do and it was just like I felt like there was never enough time in the day so by the time Dave you know would get home from work and he'd be like hey baby I'd be like can you go do some laundry because I'm exhausted and I have spit up all over me and I don't feel sexy, you know? And so I really had to work through that. And that's something that I want to talk openly, especially with women, not that women are the only ones who can kind of be uninterested or or too tired for sex at times. But I want to talk to women about this because I do think it's common. I think that we can compartmentalize sex as something to do on the list. And once we kind of see it that way, it really, it really takes uh, the beauty of sex, you know, out of it. Because it's not just something to do. I mean, we are totally engaging with our spouse here. It's a beautiful thing. It, it, it's it's a, a way that we can connect with our spouse uh, like nothing else can. And so I just, I really had to retrain my mind to see sex as a beautiful gift in a way that I can serve my husband. You know, even when I wasn't necessarily feeling it at the time, like I wasn't maybe in a romantic mood, you know, I knew that for the sake of our marriage and, and staying connected, I needed to overcome that that thought that it was just another thing to do on the list. And one thing we learned, and it's not just in our marriage, but like, you know, science and research and surveys have kind of backed this up, that that for most men, men see sex as a form of stress relief. Like when a man is stressed out, his sex drive actually increases. But when a woman gets stressed out, her sex drive plummets. Mm -hmm. And so, like, God wired us up in these opposite ways. And if you don't understand this about each other, it can lead to a whole bunch of frustration because, like, when we're in a stressful season, like, I want to to do it more, you know, and and she's like, wait a second, my mind is so far from that. Like, And so, as a husband, I've realized if I can do things to help take things off her plate, you know, things that on her to-do list, because I can, as a guy, have a one-track mind and, like, yeah, let's just go to the bedroom. But for her, she's thinking about all these other things that need to be done. So if I can help out, I've learned that 
I'm never more attracted to her than when I'm like doing the dishes or doing laundry. You know, we call it chore play. I love, I love her enthusiasm. Chore play. Play. <laughs> chore play? Instead of foreplay, it's chore play. I love it. It works. Okay, it works. so if, if, if a couple is struggling right now, how do they get to a place to where they can even identify with kind of where they are, whether they're plummeting or they're excited about having sex and in need of it more and more and more. How do you get to that place where you can even begin to have the, the conversation about the naked truth about sex and marriage? I think a lot of it is just being willing to talk about it. We'll get messages where people are sharing stuff with us online that they haven't even verbalized to their spouse because they feel like, well, I don't want to start an argument or I don't want to hurt feelings. And mm-hmm. we say, look, you know, God called us to have a naked marriage. When he created that first couple, they were naked in the garden. And that's not just a picture of physical nakedness that he wants us to have, but he wants us to be emotionally, spiritually naked. And nakedness means I've got nothing to hide from you. Hmm. I want to be totally transparent, totally vulnerable, and be able to talk about anything with you. And the the best way to grow in, in being able to communicate about sex is just to have that naked marriage to say, look, I want no secrets. I want our feelings all out on the table. I want to be able to work through anything together. And if we can connect on that level then a natural outflow of that is going to be that we're also going to connect in the bedroom, specifically in the sexual part of our relationship. But we're also we're going to grow deeper in these other other areas of our relationship as well. And so it just starts with having the courage to talk about it, to say, you know, how do you feel like we're doing in this part of our marriage? What could I do? And it's a vulnerable question to ask. Like, what could I do to to bring more fulfillment to you in that part of our marriage? And and then just just start the conversation. And that's kind of what the book. One of the things we wanted the book to help do is just to help spark some of those conversations. When people read stuff and say, we're not the only ones who are going through this. Um, There are other people who are having these same struggles, these same conversations. And if it can spark some conversations that a couple's not having, then I think that that's a great step in the right direction. And I think, too, uh, you know, Sean, you were kind of asking, like, how how do you know? Like, when do you kind of know that maybe this really does need to be addressed. And I think one red flag is if you're just not having sex regularly, because Mm. I think as a couple, it needs to be happening regularly. You know, we get the question a lot, you know, how many times do we need to be having it a week? And I say that's a little bit different per couple. But the main point here is that it needs to be regularly because not only just to fulfill each other's needs, but also to protect uh, one another from temptation. You Mm. know, we're as a married couple, we're only, we're the only two people that are supposed to be fulfilling each other's sexual needs, not anything outside the bedroom. And, and, and certainly no other person. And right. so we are not serving each other in that way. Then we're really opening ourselves up to temptation. And so we really need to be able to talk about that. And, and like Dave said, if we approach it from a how can I serve you standpoint instead of this is how you can serve me, mm-hmm. I think it really keeps the, the line of communication open. So the book comes out when? When, when is the release date? Well, it's it, it's just come out. It's so new that we don't even have a copy to show you. But it's, yeah. it's available <laughs> on Amazon right now. It's got... Kind of a couple under the bed sheets, you know, with the sheets pulled up. A quote from Brent Evans, president of marriage today. It's going to sell a lot of copies now. That's right. And so, You're going to shoot to the top. So it's, it's, uh, it's, it's already out. People can, if they have Kindle Unlimited, they can read it for free. Uh, through that, they can get the paperback on Amazon. And, you know, we just hope it, hope it sparks conversations. It's great. It's a good subject, and y'all are uh, definitely the right people to talk about it. Uh, so, so much good uh, information on it. I know the book was really made to be kind of comprised of a lot of articles, so it's a quick read. I mean, you can really kind of pick and choose the chapters that you want to read based upon the topics. Um, I was impressed with that. I think that's a great way to, to put uh, into formats these days because, you know, people are scattered, scattered brains and they're kind of moving around. They kind of want to pick and choose their topics sometimes. 
book full of quickies. It is so. a book full of quickies. <laughs> That's right. Good. All right, Dave and Ashley, thanks for being a part of it today. Uh, give me your URL uh, that we can put up for uh, our listeners. Where can they go to find out more about you guys and your ministry? They can go to DaveAndAshleyWillis.com. Okay. DaveAndAshleyWillis.com. There's about a million ways to spell Ashley, but we'll make sure. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And if you go there, there's a there's a free 31 day marriage devotional um, right on the homepage of, of our website. Just the kind of the Bible verses and scriptures that have helped us the most in our marriage, and it's just a free resource we like to make available to folks. So that's a, that's a freebie you can get. All right, thanks to David Ashley Willis for being a part of the podcast today. Their book, The Naked Truth About Sex and Marriage, is available. Go to DaveAndAshleyWillis.com for their devotional they just talked about, the 31-day devotional. It's free. There's no excuses to do that. That's something that's practical for you and your spouse to do right now. Appreciate that being a part of the podcast. Dave and Ashley, have a great day. Thank you guys. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having us. Imagine a relaxing, adventurous cruise among glaciers, mountains, and charming fishing villages, combined with life-changing marriage teaching from Jimmy Evans. Set sail June 29th to July 6th, 2018, on the Exo Marriage Cruise to Alaska. Unforgettable views, luxurious accommodations, and eight days of romance in one of the most scenic parts of North America. Book your stateroom now at exomarriage.com slash cruise. Here at the EXO Podcast, we like to do a little something called the worst. The worst! Where we talk about the worst possible example of something. And today we're going to be talking about the worst proposals. Mm. How would you feel if somebody proposed to you with a flash mob? Mm. I don't feel like this is the worst. Wasn't that a trend for a while? Yes. I guess maybe it's outdated, but I would feel really honored. That's a lot of people that learned to dance for my proposal. I just, I see those flash mobs and the thought of the orchestration of those things, it just boggles my mind. You got to really want to dance. Like you're going to rehearsals with a bunch of people for somebody else's event. I don't know. Maybe maybe for somebody they see it as like, you know know how like on Thriller, all of a sudden at the end, Mm -hmm. everybody's kind of dancing with Michael and everything. And it's like cool, but freaky at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe a little overwhelming. Uh Another worst proposal would be as part of a fake arrest. Fail. Any any prank, any pranking kind of proposal is just asking for trouble. You got that right. Yeah, but the uh, handcuffs, no. Oh, it is the EXO sex show. <laughs> How about at a sporting event on the big screen? So Sean said he didn't understand why that was a bad thing, but yeah, I thought it was brilliant. I, I, you know, you know, they show you up on a big screen, put the little heart kissing camera thing around you. Yeah, but it's like thousands of screaming fans, and she's like, yes, and he's like, what? Yes, I love you. Okay, yes, I love you. Or okay. you were talking about they Yeah, sometimes it. they say no. Oh. And it's on the screen. It's on the screen. You see the, and that, that becomes like the whole news story is some guy getting dejected in front of thousands of people. Yeah. I know. It's horrible enough if somebody rejects a kiss on the kiss cam, but if you turn down a proposal, your national news for a week. I guess in front of your partner's family could be a worse proposal if it doesn't go as planned or maybe if your family hates you. How about uh, at Disneyland? Hmm. On a ride, how about on Splash Mountain? Oh, that's a bad idea. Or with some characters. Yeah. Do adults still go to Disneyland by themselves? Yeah, for their honeymoon. Oh, really? It's a thing. Really? Like the, the, they walk around with the veil and the hat and the... Yeah. It's a thing. It's too hot. Interesting. How about at the mall? Proposing at the mall. The mall, there's nothing more romantic than a mall proposal. That's the yeah. worst. That's the worst. How about on social media? No. At Caitlin Edwards, would you marry me? We talked about it last week. It's not true love unless you say it on social media. That's true. Is that a cop-out, though? Yes, it's like a text breakup. You can't propose on social media. Mm. 
it's the worst. Do you know anybody that's proposed on social media? No, but there's probably somebody listening who has, and we're very sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Your marriage will make it. You have a 100% chance of success, even if you've said yes. Uh, God bless you if you did. She does a praise report. Uh, somewhere dangerous, I guess. Maybe not while skydiving or um, on the beach. No, I'm not going to do it. I, I don't know how you focus on that and... <laughs> and and bungee, my wife and I we went bungee jumping. Uh-huh. There was no time for a proposal. No, I guarantee it. Between the blood screaming, yeah, the yeah, blood curdling like, scream, ah, and the yeah. jerk of the hand with the ring flying, and you get down. Would you marry me? The world. We've had a good time talking about sex today, Sean, Caitlin. Yeah, I hope you learned something about sex you can take home. I learned a lot. I, I'm going to apply chore play. <laughs> more often um, and I want to be healthier mm-hmm. and so I'm going to talk to my wife about more reps um, who needs to run five miles when you can just I mean you know it's it's great for our calorie for the sake of dental burn. hygiene yes <laughs> I mean <laughs> you know who knew that doing God's will could be so beneficial mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I think sex is God's will it is God's will. Um, on a serious note, <laughs> I want to encourage all our couples out there to remember that God created sex to be a tool um, to help us get closer to one another, physically, but also spiritually. It is literally uh, something you can do by faith that like renews your your wedding vows. So we thank God for the, the awesome ceremonies and everything else like that. But when you actually have sex with your spouse, you are saying, you are mine, I belong to you. And that's something that's a really powerful tool when you have so many things that are pulling on you, exhausting your energy, um, you know, things trying to separate, you know, marriages and couples and everything else. Like this becomes something that just reinforces the vow. It cements the relationship. And so just keep in mind that it's a very, very, very powerful tool. My wife said something uh, the other day that was really powerful, but she said that sex almost becomes a tool that you can use almost like spiritual warfare. Mm -hmm. And it helps you in the fight to keep your marriage strong and healthy. And so uh, do it and do it all. It's good. All right. Well, Sean and Lynette had a session this last week and we talked about that. Their stuff is on YouTube. If you want to go onto our YouTube page, check out some of their sex teachings from the EXO conference. We've got those listed there. We'll be posting those uh, links to our to our page and to those uh, clips on our site and on the show notes. We have a great time here talking about sex at the EXO podcast. We mm-hmm. hope that this has been helpful for you. We love coming to you every week with information. We'll be back next time. See you next time at the EXO podcast. Mm-hmm.